What's up, folks? It's some uh, hitting the high notes. Thank you for hitting the high notes. It's Utah Jazz Talk. I am Hootran. You can find me on Twitter at Jazz High Notes or at Who H U U Tran Superman. And um, uh, we're here. We're doing a little post game uh, wrap up here. I'm here with Jared Barker. What's up, Jared? How much, brother? How... It was a good game, huh? Uh, yes. I I will say it's a good game. I feel it's a. It was a nail biter. Uh, yeah, and uh, well, here, so uh, I'll say this. Uh, first, I, I say it's a little tainted, it feels like, because uh, the Jazz, ah. the jazz uh, didn't get a full game with Ben Simmons, and that, oh, yeah. that 76ers team is a real dangerous team, uh, but they, they were missing one or two. Send Bimmons, yeah. Send Bimmons. And so, um, uh, if it's like, you know, if the Jazz lose the game without one of Gobert and, and Donovan, Jazz fans, don't mind it too much because like you're missing one of your two best players. And so, uh, yeah, so it's just hard to like, wait, 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 what fans are you talking about? I see fans going, ah, we lost the game. Like regardless of who's playing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, that's, that, but, like, there is that contingent. I mean, but you're right. There's another contingent, which is more rational. Definitely. I'm just saying like, uh, yeah, it, it's, I mean, you can't really learn a lot from a game and, you know, the beginning of November, you know, yeah. before, before game 10, before 25% of the season's even um, uh, been there, but it doesn't matter. I mean, the Jazz still win. That wins a win. You need the wins. I mean, Tony Bradley's minutes look good. What do you think? Oh, we'll get to Tony Bradley in a little bit. <laughs> Bradley uh, to the bone. Da, 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 segment coming. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, uh, there's a lot of things to unpack here for the Jazz. Um, a lot, a lot of things. I mean, it was a, so. When you said it was a nail biter, I so I, uh, as you just learned, uh, I had some plans tonight, so I didn't get back home till about eight fifteen ish, and so I hit, you know, I had him on DVR, threw the game on. It's nice watching on DVR because you get through the game in a little bit over an hour, hour and a half. Um, so I'm watching, and uh, I never felt like the Jazz were in, like as soon as the Jazz got like that ten point lead in the second quarter or third quarter, and like they kind of like kept it throughout most of the fourth quarter. I never felt like super nervous, but again, I'm I'm kind of a weird fan where I don't feel nervous if the Jazz lose, especially this early in the season where it doesn't feel like a lot of it matters. So I don't know, maybe it was a nail biter for some other folks. Well, I, I just think it was a nail biter in the respect that. Um, well, just in the respect that, I mean, it looked, it was close. It was very close and it was, uh, and you, you could see it going either way towards the end, depending on how a couple plays played out. So it's like, you know, it's one of those, it's like, ah, are we going to land? Are we going to lose? Ah, yeah, it's a good, it's a good game. Cause the jazz need wins like this, uh, with or without Ben Simmons, they have to play a pretty tough team. Uh, one of the best in the NBA, and they had to fight through some adversities, especially in that last, last like four or five minutes of the fourth quarter, where um, they weren't looking super crisp. Shots weren't weren't all flying. They hit some big shots. Uh, Boyan three, um, Donovan getting to the line, but he missed three big free throws in the fourth quarter. So, but the Jazz worked through it. Uh, Rudy Gobert fouling out. Um, just a, a lot of good things. Sunpack. Um, the Jazz fought hard. The Jazz out rebounded the number one rebounding team uh, in the NBA this year. So they they got um, uh, that off their shoulders for at least one game. Oh yeah. And I heard some, I mean, there was some good, uh, Quinn had some good, you know, good sound bites after, after the game. 
Um, and other folks were just saying that he must have really hammered into them how rebounding is a lot of a lot of it is about effort because you know Paul Millsap isn't a big guy but he's always been a great rebounder because he just he's hungry for it and that's the same reason like why Favors seem to be a good rebounder I mean obviously when him and Gobert shared the floor they kind of cut into each other's rebound numbers but still like rebounds a lot of times is an effort thing like uh you know, like Draymond Green, you know, you don't expect because he's not as big as a lot of different guys. So is he going to be? No, he gets he out efforts people and he gets to the right spot and he boxes out. It's an effort thing. It's like it's not a glamour stat. It's a real grinder stat. So I think that uh, the fact that we're looking at this, you know, grind mentality that, uh, you know, hopefully that's something Mike Connolly brings with him a little bit. You know, that old grit and grind, you know, grind out wins. Um you know, and we have these close games like this, and we and, and we manage to come out with a win. That's to me, that's good news. I mean, yes, we only did get ten minutes of of Sen Bimmons, as I like to call him. You know, just take that S from Simmons and that B from Ben, and just switch them. Sen Bimmons, <laughs> just as a way to make fun of him and to and to tweet about him without people searching Benjamin Simmons or Ben Simmons. <laughs> no, I was like, I was like, oh, I didn't know that was a thing. And so apparently, it's what? That's, that's the thing. thing. Okay. That, no, it's not just a me thing. That's the thing that. Well, you've heard of like weird Celtics Twitter. Um, what they do is they always misspell uh, a specific player on their team's name, so that when the player goes to search for the name, like they can't find it until they figure out whatever weird Celtics Twitter has dubbed them, which is. Kind of <laughs> so I don't know where Send Bimmons came from, but you remember Nick, right? Nick on our Donovan Mitchell slander podcast. <laughs> Oh yeah, at, he's at, the one who introduced me. Oh yeah, that's that's which the great, the great T H A. Um, yeah, he's the one that introduced me to the Sen Bimmons thing, and I'm just like, I love this, I love it. <laughs> so, uh, um, yeah, so uh, like I'm, uh, so let's talk about the Bugaboo for the Jazz. That two of their losses came down, uh, not just just um, uh, to these plays, but a big thing was rebounding, rebounding, rebounding. Uh, the Jazz give up an offensive rebound to Harrison Barnes in the Sacramento Kings game. Uh, probably cost him that game. Uh, Montres, uh, Montres Harrell gets a bunch of offense rebounds in the fourth quarter of the Clippers game. The Jazz um, uh, end up losing that game pretty bigly, pretty big. But um, uh, <laughs> no, you know. I like bigly. Bigly yeah. is good. It's a pro- it's a perfectly prominent word. Yes, so, it is. Um, <laughs> So yes, yeah, so uh, and a lot of it was, and so a lot of jazz fans came out and was like, "Whoa, boy, you know, this is where we miss favors." And I try to counter a lot of them. Favors in big, in big end our souls, man. Right, big end our, he in big end America. I, 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 and I know a lot of jazz fans uh, miss uh, Derek Favors, but I just, I just didn't get it because um, the jazz last year well, in those because he would do the dirty, the dirty work. And we weren't seeing people do the dirty work, so we're like, "Ah, oh, favors, favors." But the, the big plays happened in the at the end of the game where Derek Favors was not playing anyway. Um, That's true. That is very true. I actually saw a tweet that was kind of disturbing that I haven't looked into, and maybe I'll have to ask some uh, some of the stats guy. But that uh, we're missing Ricky Rubio's rebounding um, because Rubio was a, a much better rebounder. Uh, I think David Locke said. Ricky Rubio has like a 14% rebounding clip versus Mike Colley's 9%, which is a much bigger difference than what um, uh, Boyan Bogdanovich and Jay Crowder's rebounding clip is. So I can't eh. believe it. Eh. Whatever. I mean, David Locke will try to give you all kinds of numbers to break everything down. And I think part of it goes to you got to look at the feel of the game and the way the games are playing out. 
I mean, yeah, Mike Conley probably isn't as good of a rebounder as Ricky Rubio because Ricky's bigger. Like, but I also think Mike gives you a lot of things that Ricky doesn't. I mean, well, obviously, like in the rebounding area, uh, that's what people were. Well, that's because. Yeah. Well, he. um, Do you remember? I think Locke last year was talking about how Ricky had a just insane ability to come away with 50 50 balls, like whether it be. As a rebound, as a. And I think we yeah. saw it in the Phoenix Suns game too. Ricky Ricky rebounded very well in that game. He got a bunch of them. Um, yeah, but look at how he closed out the game. I'm I'm only talking. <laughs> about, I'm just talking about rebounding. Like I'm. Uh, <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying, man. Like I know, I, but, I love the way that game ended, and the fact that he was salty is fine. You know, I I know he wanted to beat us because he's hungry. I mean, he's a competitor, which is good. I, I I'm glad he's having. A success in Phoenix because I honestly don't think he's a bad player and I think he's a really good fit for the Suns team that needed some good veteran leadership at point guard and you know and he's a great mentor for that Javon Carter kid too to you know to work behind and maybe that that kid becomes the, the starter after Ricky's contract is up I don't know uh yeah I mean I mean I, as I talked about on my last episode with the Phoenix Suns uh, one of the uh, from SB Nation. Uh, Carter is a very, uh, very defensive-minded bulldog out there. So, um, but I think that's part of what we're uh, missing. Um, uh, um, and and I think maybe like if you have Boyan and Mike Conley out there, who are not uh, Boyan, we talked about in the preseason is not a big rebounder because he has someone like Miles Turner go and grab the rebounds. That maybe Mike Conley and Boyan were more focused on. Like running and leaking out to um, uh, get a better offensive position, like a second sooner, and now which which makes sense, yeah, yeah, I, I can see what you mean. And maybe maybe the effort is they have to mentally change it to instead of being leak instead of leaking out, stay home, and we may not the Jazz may not get uh, as many transition buckets, but they'll secure more rebounds. And today it looked um uh, looked really good for the Jazz, uh, grabbing rebounds. Part of it was. Uh, they just got, they got a lot of offensive rebounds today, which was um, kind of crazy, but, um, yeah. So, uh, I, I saw, I did, I did see a quote from somebody that said, uh, that Mike Conley challenged the staff to say, Hey, for every rebound he doesn't box out, you can find him a hundred bucks. So, oh, oh, that's cool. I mean, that's, that to me shows that he's, he's willing to, uh, you know, hold himself accountable. That's awesome. If that's true. I mean, that's great. Yeah, so that's uh, that's a big uh, big for the Jazz. Uh, so rebounding uh, did fine today. Uh, the Jazz, the, uh, well, I think, bigger than rebounding, the Jazz didn't really turn the ball over today. Um, no, and I heard tonight. them mention that on the broadcast. Like, I, and I wasn't even thinking about it, but yeah, they said that like that. Oh, there's a rare turnover tonight where uh, I think it was a play where they threw it to the corner and uh, Conley, uh, Conley Conley missed it. Yeah, took his yeah. eye off the ball for just a second. Yeah. And that's all it took because it was. But yeah, uh, the Jazz uh, and we're taping this right after the, the Sixers game, so everything's really fresh. But uh, the Jazz. Oh yeah. Have had um, really bad luck, not luck, but just lapses of concentration where just everything falls apart because. My bad. Sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Jazz have had a lot of lapses of concentration and focus. And uh, it's just it's just weird. Like they they go through like three or four minute spurts where the other team just can't do no wrong, and the Jazz are just like in their heads and cannot get out of it. And uh, it puts them in bad spots to get to get behind in those runs. So we didn't see that today. The Jazz had a lot of good runs today. So it was is 
nice to see the Jazz were two point favorites, and they. Uh, I don't know if they covered. I, I, I don't know if they pushed or they, if they covered or if they did not cover. The Jazz have not been very good against the spread this year, so. Uh, I mean, I'm not a gambling man, so I'm not really sure where we are against the spread. But uh, if you if you are though, who uh, somebody who lives in Vegas and he's a, a, a he goes by RX Mike, I think it is is like his Twitter handle. But he so he lives in Vegas and he used to do like a lot of stuff like you know jazz picks against the spread and stuff like that. So he'd always have the odds, which is was cool. Um, and, but it was a lot of work. Like he had a spreadsheet and everything like that. I agreed to sort of help him with the numbers one time. I'm just like, dang, there's a lot of data here to parse. And he was like, man, it's too much work for a hobby. Like, <laughs> uh, just off the top of my head, I know there are um, four games that the Jazz uh, lost against the spread. The first game was the Thunder, um, the Thunder game at the beginning of the year. The Jazz were like nine or eight point, ten point favorites, and they didn't cover that. The next game against uh, who? Who did the Jazz play next? Um, uh, after the Thunder, you mean? Yeah, was it the Clippers? Who was, uh, who? They the Clippers sound Kawhi maybe, but I thought it yeah. was. I don't know. That might not have been the Clippers. I'm trying to think. That's tough. Uh, whoever the second game was, the Jazz were uh, uh, did not cover that one either. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll look it up right now. But um, yeah, and then this game, obviously, they, I don't know if they they were close. I don't know if they got it or not. Uh, or the Pelicans. Oh, yeah, Pelicans. No, yeah. no, no sorry, that was preseason. The Lakers, the Jazz did not hold on spread. Um, the game against the Kings where they lost, the Jazz were favored to win that, did not cover the spread, obviously. So, yeah, uh, the Jazz did not cover the Suns game. And, and, and the Clippers, we might not have covered the spread either because we lost by like 9 or 11 or something. Yeah, so yeah, the Jazz have not been great against the spread. So for all the gambling fans out there, the Jazz have not been good against the spread. Uh, <laughs> which uh, which kind of means to me that the Jazz uh, public, there's, there's still a lot of national public who um, uh, are really high on the Jazz this year. So. Well, and I think this Sixers win also makes us look good too. I mean, even though... Uh, ben Simmons only played for 10 minutes in those 10 minutes. Like he got one steal had like two points and one assist or one rebound or yeah. something. It was like his, his stat line didn't look great for playing 10 minutes. Like, I mean, the, the thing is that like the first 10 minutes of the game, everybody's like feeling stuff out. Like unless you're Donovan, you hit your first like few shots. It's, it is hard for a player. Like look at Tobias Harris. The guy had five points in the first three quarters and exploded for, 10 or 12 more in the fourth quarter. So. I, I know, but I don't feel like, I don't feel like Ben Simmons is a player that gets all his stats in one quarter. I feel like, like typically if he's having a good game, he's getting assists most of the way through. Like, um, I don't know. I, I, I could be completely off on that. I don't watch enough. It's, I, I think it's, I think it's too small of a sample size. To yeah. Yeah. It's probably true. 10 minutes. Like you're just like, yeah, it's hard to really for anybody to get like rhythm. Like it's, it's all that middle part of the game where everybody yeah, and, Plus, their defense was was really working on us in the first half. So, yeah, and that's another thing is that like that length, like the length that Simmons brings. Uh, I mean, Conley and Donovan are both six one, and Simmons is what six eight, six nine. So, no, Conley's six foot, Donovan's like six one, I think. Right. Or so, yeah. I mean, that's. I mean that they're, they're giving up over half a foot to um uh, Ben Simmons. Yeah. So. It'll be interesting to see what the Jazz do in Game Two uh, when they play them again. But well, the, the nice thing is you don't really have to worry about him shooting over anybody because he still can't make a shot outside ten feet. 
like to save his life. Hardly. I mean, here and there, but consistently. Ah, I mean, he's he still he still gets his, and so. Well, he's tall, and he gets into the lane, and I I think that's where they got to figure out how to funnel him to to Rudy without Rudy not being able to to guard Embiid. Uh, it's it's tough, you know. It's a balance. I honestly think that if we had to play him in a full series, that coaching is going to come into play, and I don't honestly trust Brett Brown that much. Plus, was it okay? You said we get to Tony Bradley in a minute. Is now an okay time? Yeah, let's do, let's uh, let's have some some Tony Bradley talk. Which I yeah, he yeah, looked really heard. good against Al Horford, which is impressive, you know, for the kid that we all were starting to give up on for the longest time, and it's like. Good for him, man. If he can give us a good 10 minutes a night or something, you know, his re- – it's like Tony Jones always has said about him, like, since, like, I think the day he got drafted, his NBA skill is rebounding. His NBA skill is rebounding. And he's expanded his game a little bit more. But, um, you know, him giving us rebounding while we're missing uh, Ed Davis is – is huge. You know, that's because Ed Davis is our other rebounder, you know, off the bench. So, I mean, that's – it's kind of great. To, that we actually are breaking case of emergency guys showed out big for us tonight because that's the kind of thing that we're going to need if we're going to if we're going to end up being able to grind out some of these regular season wins and you know with missing Ed Davis for four weeks is going to hurt so it's awesome yeah and I, I, go ahead, people been har- well no 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 you're fine uh, people have been harping on George Niang and I'm like oh, come on guys take it easy like he's starting to get some real rotation minutes now and it's going to be tough you know that transition from being end of bench guy to in the rotation is going to be tough you know so uh, i don't think we've really seen his ceiling necessarily yet and yeah he's looked a little bit rough but that's just my soliloquy on some end of bench guys that are now getting opportunity yeah i am uh the first First off, we'll talk about Tony Bradley. Um, I, I do agree he had a pretty good game. There are still some big flaws in his game that oh, of course. are concerning. Um, he had a couple big spots, but there, I mean, he played okay. I, I don't think it was great. I think it was... No, but for him, it's great. Honestly, oh. for him, it's great. Okay, well, I mean... That's, that's okay. <laughs> it's all I mean, relative, man. We're, we're talking he about can't... low bars here. <laughs> well, I mean, come on, man. Well, I, I'm worried what happens when he just has, you know, like these yeah, are his a stinker. I, I mean, if this this is his great game, it's not, you know, it doesn't give me hope that his ceiling is much higher. But we've seen his floor, and if he gets closer to his floor than his ceiling, then it might because the Rudy Gobert played 36 minutes tonight before yeah. he fouled out. That's yeah. a lot of minutes for Rudy. That's oh yeah, that's heavy, man. That was too heavy. We don't yeah. want to have to play him that much, especially hope- early in the season. Yeah, I hope that we can see some more like uh, 10 to 15 minute spurts from Bradley where he's effective. Like, because if we can see that, if we can see him give good five minute spurts over the course of a game, I think that's really going to go a long way towards preserving Rudy's health. Yeah. Um, and and you, especially in like the next four weeks, obviously. Yeah, I'm more I'm, I'm more worried that we're going to see um, Tony Bradley be very ineffective and. Yeah, I, I just hope that um uh, that doesn't hurt um Rigo Bears um uh, health and just fatigue um uh, later in the season. So yeah, uh, yeah, but you know, good for Tony. I mean, I I don't know where his next contract's gonna be. <laughs> I really don't know if it's gonna be with the Jazz, but that's that's another talk for way down the season, way way down, longer in the season. So yeah, uh, George, I'm um, uh, George who 
uh, I don't know if uh, everybody, whoever, whoever doesn't follow Jared and didn't see this, Jared did reach out to George Yang to ask him to be on our pod, and George did tweet back that he would be. We're just waiting word from either him or his people to set that up, so hopefully. Uh, I mean, it's not like he's going to hear this, so... <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, well, be actually, super cool if he listened to this. And it's like, and uh, if he did, George, we love you, and you're awesome. <laughs> and honestly, I honestly am one to say that I think that you um, are gonna you're, you're gonna figure it out. You know, people, you got a lot of noise to work through, especially now that you know you're officially a guy in the rotation. So we we appreciate everything you do. We appreciate the real maturity you show when. You, when you like the fact that he like apologized and said oh my bad like to me that's a big deal like i think fans go out go at these players in all kinds of crazy different directions and the fact that they're basically expected just not to respond or whatever is kind of stupid because i can't imagine the level of toxicity in their mentions you you see the some of the stuff that tony quote tweets and you're just like you cringe you you, i imagine a player gets as bad if not worse so uh, Mr. Niang, Mr. if uh, you are listening, do me a favor and like fast forward like five minutes. Um, because, yeah, his minutes, um, Mr. Niang's minutes has been kind of rough this season so far. Um, and, and it's hard because he, he only gets to average, what, six to ten minutes a game. And, like, I mean, it's so hard to, like, come in and just be that spot guy for a few minutes and try to be effective and just not. But he does look a little lost sometimes and. You know he's trying to get himself uh, going offensively, but it's really hard when you know you're the fifth option for three minutes. Um, I also think it's difficult because um, and and people keep they, I keep seeing this brought up. They're like, why are these three guys in at the same time? And it's typically Niang, Tony Bradley, and Jeff. Green. Oh man, yeah, Jeff Green. And I'm just like, you know, I see people bring that up, and I'm just like, well, I mean, if they never play together, they're never going to have any synergy for playing together. Maybe that's something that's been effective in practice, people. I don't know. Like, give Quinn a break, man. Let, let him do stuff. Well, let him work I mean, his mad scientist magic. Injuries have kind of forced that way, but hopefully it sounds like, and it's not for sure, not not confirmed. Ooh, like, um, uh, are you going to talk about the Friday yep, thing? Somebody of a... Mr. Mr. Barker here, Jared Barker here, one of, uh, you know, he's the mayor of the island. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's not me. That's uh, that's Justin Sweeney. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, just, just wins Zanuck. And um, uh, so he, um, uh, <laughs> just wins Zanuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so Dante Exum looks like he's on track to play for the jazz against the bucks Friday night. Now, I mean, Tony okay. Jones said maybe, probably, potentially, whatever. All these let, qualifiers. So. Let me say, let me say this: when I say play, I, I don't mean play. He has a chance to suit up and be on the active roster for the Utah Jazz because we don't know what Dante's conditioning is. We don't know, you know, if he's ready yet. So he might yeah. suit up, but not, but not, but might not play unless some uh, there's some sort of garbage time minutes. Lots uh, of question marks. Lots yeah. of question marks. That's and that's where I think that we might see Dante play instead of George Nying because uh, George really like there's a lot of Swiss Army guys uh, on the Jazz roster right now like Jeff Green can play multiple positions um, Joe Ingles Royce O'Neal obviously uh, Nying kind of is o- is only really a four maybe a three and um, I don't know what position Nying can guard Dante Exum possibly can guard anywhere from the one to three I would say right I don't know one to three I would say 
Dante, yeah. I think potentially he can guard some smaller fours depending on who it is. But yeah, I, I'd say that's fairly – that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, that's if he's healthy, obviously. Because right. we don't know what his defense is going to look like when he's, you know, trying to round into form. Yeah. And so um, I, I just, I see Yang's minutes going the wayside for Dante. Because um, right now the Jazz rotation is pretty tight. Uh, I don't see, I don't, I just don't know where the minutes are going to come from for, for Exum um, right now. I mean, besides Yang's minutes, I guess. So. Well, what about, I mean, depending on, because Moody has been up and down, right? I mean, how do you feel, how do you feel about Moody tonight? Tonight? Yeah, I didn't really see him much out there, honestly. Well, because he didn't play tonight. <laughs> oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, uh, Moody has been up and down, but like, like to be totally honest, and you know, don't kick me off the island. I think as the backup point guard, he's been just fine. I know that he's had like really don't bad kick moments. you off. Wait, wait. When were you ever on the island? I don't know if you've had residency here or not. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you've had residency or not. You've been like, I don't know. <laughs> Don't, you you got to show me your deed to your property because I don't know. Like, <laughs> you know, we've had very positive conversations about XM all summer long. <laughs> I know. I'm just totally kidding, man. <laughs> but um, uh, well, here's the thing: like, like my property on the island is very small. It's like, it's like, it's like maybe <laughs> uh, I don't have a. Uh, you think I have a sprawling estate or something? What do you? Uh, <laughs> like, like compared to your estate, yeah, I, I bought like. <laughs> I don't have a sprawling estate. I just. <laughs> I bought some like t- timeshare thing where I only get to be there like I'm uh, you know once every like you know three months I can I have a chance to be there or Disney World you know so mm. um but yeah so uh we can see XM at the one uh but what what Moody has brought as a backup point guard I know that some people have not really enjoyed all of it and there are some parts that have been really bad but there are some some parts that have been really good too and as a backup point guard I don't know what else to ask for um. Uh, we saw we 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 saw um, how old Neto play for the Sixers tonight, and Holly's minutes were were solid, but like he did, he doesn't like have a great ceiling. He's just kind of there as a placeholder. It feels like, um, but and that, that's why that's why I felt like for the Jazz, like whenever Holly was out there, I just never I was like, okay, well, the ship will be fine, but it will never like go to another level. Like there were times when Moutier, like if he's on, like I'm like, oh wow, like we like I mean there there yeah. were like, games. No, where, it's true. Yeah, he has like that Jeff Green thing going on, man. Yeah, and there there are three or four games where people were like, "Oh, Moody should be starting instead of Conley," and that was that was, crazy. <laughs> that was just crazy talk. Yeah, crazy town. But that's the thing is that he played so well, and you know, combine that with with Conley's um a poor start, and it it really you know fans were overreacting. But there was a case to be made that Moody had been played played outplayed Conley for the first two or three weeks of the season. So well, it'll be nice to see if he you know. I mean, I, I'm not sure why he sat tonight. Did they say why? Uh, he sat. Like, he sat the last two games. I think he's been injured. Uh, oh, I didn't realize he was hurt. My bad. Oh, yeah. uh, Moody, uh, he's been out for at least two games. Uh, injury. I mean, I'm looking it up right now because I don't remember. All of a sudden, you look at it it's like, oh no, he's been out six games. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Pretty sure it was the. No, King I'm just. Game? I'm t- oh, that makes sense. Yeah, that is the last time I remember hearing anything about him. Uh yeah, left hamstring soreness. So ah uh, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, or was that yeah? I don't know. Anyway, um, I can't remember if that was right or not. I'm looking at the I'm looking at some old old stuff, but it doesn't it you're doesn't. You're trying to he's, he's Tyrone Tyrone Corbin says you're trying to get our scouting report. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> Ty Corbin. So man, I love those. I love those old Ty quotes, man. They're sick. They're still yeah. nice. They're still cool. I mean, like some of them are just like it's just low key. Like you know, people follow the jazz if they get what you're talking about. So it's just like you know, you like high five, mental high five or whatnot. When you say something like, "Oh, are you, are you trying to get our scouting report?" Like. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode. Also, thanks to our Utah sponsors, the Off-Broadway Theater in downtown Salt Lake and the Great Room Escape in Layton, Utah. If you have a second, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and all other podcast platforms. It helps us podcast out, and we will enter all written five-star reviews into a drawing for free tickets to either the Off-Broadway Theater or the Great Room Escape. Just write a five-star review, and you'll be entered to win. All right, so I'm uh, uh, Friday night. I'm a friend of the podcast and to the max. Um, uh, she's coming into town. She's got tickets to um, uh, go see Jazz, and uh, we're, we're, uh, she's going to see it with another friend, uh, uh, the Unicorn. Uh, the Unicorn <laughs> hashtag uh, hashtag Gary lives at Gary lives. <laughs> um, uh, Gary the Unicorn. I'm uh, going to see the game. So the Bucks. Um, uh, coming into town. So the Jazz got one big win. So I, I know a lot of people were hoping the Jazz would at least get one of the two. So they've already got um, uh, the one. The Bucks um, uh, are 5-2 and two this year. They were playing the Clippers tonight. I, I will see if I can get that score up. Um, uh, the Bucks, yeah, Bucks won by five against the Kawhi-less uh, Clippers tonight. Yeah, they pulled it out. See, I think that Clippers team is kind of underrated because, like, even when they're Kawhi-less, they're tough. Like, they're tough, man. <laughs> well, what do you mean by underrated? Like... Well, I mean, without Kawhi, because people are like, "Oh, if Kawhi doesn't start, like anybody can beat them." Um, but that's oh, not. Really? I don't feel like. I don't. Like, I don't <laughs> well, it's that's typically Lakers fans, and like, I, okay, well. I interact with a number of Lakers fans. Yeah, no, they're they're very biased. They're just like they hate that the Clippers got Kawhi and they didn't, and all kinds of oh, stuff. Oh yeah, I, I think the Clippers are. <laughs> Even like I mean I think I talked about it multiple times the, uh, on Sportscaster and everything that uh, even Sands Kawhi Sands uh, uh, Kawhi, uh, Kawhi Paul George Kawhi-less, Kawhi-less, or Kawhi Sands Paul George okay yeah got it that um uh, the Clippers I mean this is basically the same team that went to the playoffs last year so yeah. I don't you know I mean the the same team that took two games off uh you know the one of the best teams in the league the warriors so yeah uh, the only difference is they're missing sga well the only that's the real biggest difference to me and, and someone said Don, uh, gallinari but like i mean eh, gallo is a take it or leave it for me how yeah, are so. do we know how the thunder are doing because i haven't looked at their them they, since we beat them they won yesterday so um oh, okay uh yeah so um excuse me oh uh, they're Currently 11th in the West. Oof. They've had some tough games. Yeah. But they've been in it, and they're obviously going through a rebuild, so it is what it yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I heard somebody postulate Chris Paul. Like, if if some if somebody figured out how to work it, that you send Chris Paul over to the Bucks, like, because that makes them definitely favorites in the East and potentially favorites overall, which I thought was an interesting idea. But at the same time, that's a lot of money for Chris Paul. But if you, if you're able to dump Bledsoe, who has been uh, very up and down, it was not good in the playoffs last year. Anyways, I'm sorry. We're, we're not a, we're a jazz podcast, not a whole NBA no. podcast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I mean, let, let, let's, uh, let's talk about the Bucks right now. The Bucks roster. Uh, yeah. 
Because they're coming up Friday. Coming up Friday. Um, uh, so the Jazz have already gotten the one out of two games, which um, uh, good for the Jazz. Uh, obviously, you want to go to an O because the Jazz dropped a game they should have won against the Kings. Uh, we, I guess we, I think it's safe to say that with this team this year that they should have beaten the Kings. Um, yeah. But, Kang's going to Kang's and Jazz going to Jazz. Um, so, okay. So it looks like Bucks are top three right now. They're five and two along with a lot of other teams. Five and two or six. I think they're six and two now that they won. Oh, yeah, because they just won. Sorry. Yeah, that oh, probably didn't update. Uh, right. But they're still second in the West because Celtics are like five and one or something or six and one. I don't know. In the East. Uh, in the East. I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Did I say West? My bad. You, you know, they've got Corver, which we know very well. They've got Brooke Lopez, Bledsoe. They've got a, they've got a tough game. So they, they got the both Lopez brothers at, at the center spot. Yeah. Uh, they got the point guard spot, which is um, uh, they got the Wiley veteran in George Hill. They got Eric Bledsoe, who <laughs> is, a, a, you know, as a third or fourth option, a pretty tough point guard. Um, Giannis, he's, he's really good on defense, but his offense has not looked great. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's been up and down. I think yeah. offensively. Yeah, right. The, the, when when he's up, it could be really good. Uh, Giannis, obviously, the reigning MVP. They've got Wesley West, West Matthews. You know, former Jazz man as well. I'll, I'll be honest. Like the the Sixers team looks a lot scarier than the Bucks team on paper, but. <laughs> Yeah, but they don't have Giannis, and I think Giannis is who I um, I'd be afraid of more, in my opinion. We also we all, but can you scheme Giannis on offense? Can you can you say I, hey? I, I don't know, man. Outside? you give him the outside shot, and then just try to like try to make him earn his twenty four points hard in the paint, like you know. Uh, I think it's going to be more like thirty, <laughs> but. Okay. Uh, but, but like, well, he he sort of he sort of runs like a, I mean he sort of runs the offense like he's the point guard, right? Sometimes yeah. uh, he's like a point forward, you know, small forward slash power forward. I don't know. Um, I don't know, man. He's really he's a re- he's a really difficult player to to scheme for, in my opinion. And but yeah, you definitely want him shooting from the outside because he's not a great outside shooter, right? And um, so. You, you you want to funnel him in and uh, and let yeah. um, uh, Rudy um, uh, meet him at the at the rim because the, uh, the, Rudy's one of those guys that has a long enough wingspan to kind of bother yeah. the, uh, Giannis oh. at the oh yeah at the rim. So I don't I'm know. With we'll see. I'm because, with you. I'm with you. We saw the Bucks destroy the Jazz in preseason without yeah. Rudy. So oh yeah. Absolutely. Chris Middleton's had a for for the Chris Middleton being the the top paid player on the Bucks has kind of had a quiet year. Um, oh, I didn't realize Dragon Bender was on their roster. Oh well, they, yeah. <laughs> they also have you know somebody that the Jazz had, uh, fans were had you know back when we were looking at this end of the draft, uh, Dante Divincenzo, Divincenzo or whatever you want to call him. Uh, he's had up and down rookie. I don't watch a lot of Bucks games, but the couple games I did see, he's kind of been up and down. So the the Bucks, I, I just I don't know. I just it was it, he was a draft pick from 2018, right? Not 2019. Uh, probably I forget. Uh, they all kind of mesh together. So yeah, it's very true. <laughs> all right. So, um, yeah, so hopefully the jazz, I mean, if the jazz can like, if, if Ante Tecumpo, Kupo, excuse me, can score 30, but it's on like, you know, 25 ish shots, the jazz have done their job, you know, and yeah. if he takes a lot of shots, you know, a lot of long jumpers that don't go in. Then I think the jazz have a, have a good shot of, um, uh, uh, you know, if Chris Middleton doesn't go off because um, Middleton has not been great this year. Uh, 
I don't. Yeah, I don't know if he. I think he only had like eleven points tonight or something like that. So. Um, yeah, I yeah, I don't know what's going on with him. I didn't watch that game, and I haven't watched a lot of Bucks this year at all. So. I'm just heading over to uh, Basketball <laughs> Reference. Oh, I guess, <laughs> I guess he's actually been better. He's at twenty points a game. So. Yeah, huh. I think. Yeah, so that's not too bad. That's not too bad. Um. So yeah, I guess I don't. I, I just the games I saw him like I, I just I haven't seen him like really take over. But uh, again, do you want to do you want to pay him a, a max contract to a guy who's a twenty point a game scorer? Honestly, I am kind of glad that we fell out of the Chris Middleton sweepstakes because I think Bogdanovich, uh, for what we've needed him for so far, he's just been an insanely good fit, and like it's like it's like almost like having. Hayward of old on the roster, but like I feel, I feel like with Bogdanovich, I I can trust him more in the clutch than I could trust Hayward. Which I mean, that's obviously you know a small sample size theater because I don't remember uh, Hayward in the clutch that well. Like I, I don't, and I'm not sure why I don't remember it that well. Maybe I blocked all that stuff out from my memory, except for that one game where he hit the game winner over uh, LeBron. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Chris Middleton, he's great, and apparently his nicknames are WD-40 and Baby Joe Johnson. What the heck? <laughs> oh, basketball reference. Yeah. Right. So, um, so yeah. So let, let's uh, let's let's take another little sidebar here because I thought about this a lot during the game, uh, especially in the first three um, quarters. I go, wow, the Jazz really lucked out that, or maybe the Jazz didn't luck out. Maybe the Jazz were really smart and not entertaining the idea of bringing Tobias Harrison. Cause I know a lot of jazz. I know a lot of jazz fans really wanted, you know, Tobias Harris on the roster. He's younger. He, but he, his game is pretty similar to what I think Boyan does. Uh, but know. I think he's less of a, he's even less of a, his reputation on defense is even worse than Boyan's. Yeah. Yep. For a good reason. And, um, uh, but like he, he brings you shooting. He brings you, you know, he, he's a stretch. Forward, but, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but he's a guy that costs almost almost twice as much. You know, at least ten million dollars more than yeah. uh than um uh Boyan. Bogey. Yeah. yeah. So like the Jazz made some good moves to you know because uh, th- there's a talk about getting DeAndre Russell, like a lot of stuff that would have tied up the jazz cat space for a while. Um and I, I know there's a there's an Israeli podcaster out there that disagrees with your Boyan Bogdanovich take. But uh, I mean, I mean, he, uh, we know from the last podcast how much you disagree, but but yeah. you know, and no offense, man, we love you, but Boyan is is awesome, and 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 I'm sorry that you feel like he's overpaid and blah blah blah. I mean, he's giving us what we need right now, and uh, you know, Dennis Lindsay is a wizard, so yeah. I am gonna trust Dennis a hundred percent. I wanted to try to figure out what the equivalent. Um the equivalent um, would be, uh, or like a poll, because I wanted to like, who's a better player, Boyan or Tobias Harris? And they're probably, they're probably in the same tier. I would say like they, they, they have similar strengths, they have similar weaknesses. Uh, I think the one big benefit that, um, he, ha- uh, that Tobias Harris has on Boyan is age. But even then, like that, that's, that's 12 to $15 million more per year you would have to pay for Tobias Harris that you have to build in. So it's, it's, it's crazy, but yeah, there it is. So, right. Uh, yeah. 
And so I uh, just kind of it's, it was a weird thought exercise I had during the game when Tobias hadn't exploded in the fourth quarter yet, and I saw him like, wow, Tobias Harris not doing much with Ben Simmons out. Um, and yeah, like uh, Horford was the second best player for the Sixers in the first three well, quarters. Well, it's uh, early, but I'm going to pu- posit you this question: uh, if unless you're not finished with your thought, because I don't want to go for it. Okay, so it's early, but what do you think? The Jazz should do if towards the end of the season, you know, right before the the tr- the trade deadline closes and buyout market, you know, uh, begins in earnest. But I don't think we're going to have a lot of buyout stuff going on this year. I think it's gonna mostly going to be trades. Um, so there's and there's going to be a lot of you know a lot of assets probably slinging around because there's a lot of teams that feel like this year before the Warriors are back to being the Warriors with a healthy Steph, healthy Clay, healthy Draymond. Um, plus the, the nice new pieces like Eric Pascal, who they've added in, um, you know, hit, hit the ground running and attempt to, you know, recapture what they were before Kevin Durant came. Um, what do you think is a move that the jazz potentially consider to cover up maybe one of the difficult pieces or holes that we've seen early on i mean there's still a lot more basketball to be played so we could see a lot more cohesion and a lot more you know uh, of tonight's mike conley versus you know some of the bad games mike conley has had so i mean do you think that we do make a move or do you think we stand pat at the deadline the biggest hole i see for the jazz right now and it was a big hole that a lot of people pointed out in the off season was the power forward spot for the Jazz. Royce O'Neal has played admirably um, in his small small ball four role. However, Royce O'Neal's actual height is Mm. Um, 6'4". That's a really short power forward. Uh, Part of our rebounding problems could be attributed to having our power forward being 6'4". You know, height, you can't teach height. You can't teach height. So who would... It, who's gettable in your opinion that that we would try to go get to fill that? All oh, right, right now I have no idea. Right now, because like the Jazz right now don't have the assets to to get someone. Get I, anyone? I, yeah, that's I, true. As um, uh, our, our Israeli friend did say, um, uh, uh, as our Israeli friend did say uh, last week, um, that if XM comes back and has pretty good value that could stir up some um, uh, discussion in the trade market as someone, because Dante could be on, not Dante could be on a, well, he really wants to trade him, man. I mean, he was like, Oh, get rid of that guy. And, but but there's been a lot of talk, like the ringer put something out or Kevin O'Connor or somebody put something out about Dante being on the block. And so first of all, he's got to play and show that he can be effective. But right. like not not so effective that the Jazz need to keep him. You know, he has to be like somewhere in the middle where like, oh yeah, okay, we can see his potential if he had X amount of minutes. No pun intended. He he had X amount of minutes <laughs> to play. Um, X amount. Uh. Yeah. So if he had so many minutes to play, they could see him being a real game changer for his team, the team in the in the future. Because the Jazz don't have draft picks. The Jazz don't really have anything besides. I mean, XM maybe Tony Bradley. Um, some second rounders uh, as a sweetener. Uh, so yeah, the Jazz don't have that much to play with um, uh, uh, trade asset wise, unless Dante Exum. Um, because like, who else are they going to trade? I guess maybe Ed Davis. But I have a 
I have a quick, yeah, yeah, but we we kind of need him too. How crazy would it be? Now I'm starting to think years years ahead because I'm just like I'm not seeing any kind of move that could be made for us this year. So Mark Gasol's on an expiring, right? But he's like 20 million. So what if he like just lets his contract expire and he's like, I want to play with Mike Conley again, <laughs> and he comes and and he plays backup center for the minimum. That would be insane. <laughs> and, and that could happen. That, that could very well happen because we saw that with uh, with, with Jeff Green this year. If the Jazz make a, a real legit run in the playoffs, a real legit run, you can see that. I mean, that's how the Warriors were. That's why I, that's why I thought people were. I can't believe people were so surprised that the Warriors dropped off so badly this uh, in the early part of the season. Like, not only did they lose Clay Thompson for the year, they traded away Andre Iguodala. Uh, Sean Livingston retired. I think they just lost a whole. Yo, bunch yeah, of they lost a huge part of their core. Right? Yeah. No, not just their core, but all these like extra pieces that they had that were playing for championships. So they were playing for cheap because the yeah. Warriors have always been uh, the Warriors have been over the salary cap for just ages, or for last like for at least a run, you know. Yeah, and they were yeah. able to keep it together because Iguodala was taking pay cuts. Uh, uh, David West took a pay cut to go there. So uh, a lot of people were taking pay cuts, yeah, you know. Bo- Boga uh, came back for pennies on the, you know, because he's. Was sort of re- semi-retired, but he he came back and played spot minutes for him. Yeah, so um, they, were, they were getting all this cheap veteran help that um uh, you wouldn't be able to get um uh, otherwise unless you were a real championship contender. And oh, so, just just imagine if we could finesse a team team like the Knicks, man. Like we Julius Randall hasn't been playing well or something, and we trade him. I don't know what we would trade him, but. Uh, I should have told you the, the, the there's no Julius talk, Randall talk on this pod, man. Come on now. Why Come is that? On. You don't like uh, him or what? I well, number one for his mon- the money he makes is crazy. Number two, I don't even know what money he makes. I thought it was is he what is he making now? He, he was he was the next big offseason uh, addition. Yeah, but how know. much? How much? Yeah, I remember, but how much did they pay him? Because sure. they have a glut of power forwards now. So like, what what kind of forward did they want to trade and what did they want to keep? <laughs> wow. I don't know. Anyways, the, the Knicks. Right? Wow. I guess he's making almost twenty million dollars. Seriously? Ouch. Yeah, they signed for three years, sixty-ish million. So. Mm. <laughs> uh, the, the other thing is that a lot of Jazz fans were arguing with me that Julius Randle was a perfect stretch four for the Jazz, and I was. Yeah, I didn't agree with that at all. <laughs> that's that's crazy talk. And so anyway, um, yeah. So at the trade deadline, look, we we all know Dennis Lindsay. Dennis Lindsay is a guy that. Uh, the weeks coming up to the trade deadline will be on the phone. He makes know, some magic. Yeah, <laughs> like um, uh, he's a guy that even if nothing happens, he'll be active. You know, he he'll he'll be active looking looking um, uh, for something to make the Jazz better. Uh, the buyout market, it the buyout market is going to be weird because for that to happen, it has to be a player that wants to come to the Jazz on the vet minimum, and the Jazz have to cut somebody. So mm. the Jazz the Jazz roster is full, it's fifteen. So. Yeah, um, yeah, we would have to cut somebody. Yeah, like is Andre Iguodala a possibility if he gets bought out? Maybe, but he's already talked about going to the Lakers. But maybe, who knows? You, you never yeah. know. So um, it just be it, it'll be somebody that just has to fit, and you know, it's one of those I things. Mean, that, imagine, imagine this. Imagine the Knicks are just like 
some of them are pissed, whatever. And so one of them demands a trade. Uh, let's say Bobby Portis. He wanted to come here, right? <laughs> what do we send for Bobby Portis? <laughs> We're not going to send uh, X for Bobby Portis, are we? Uh, you you have to. <laughs> yeah, because he's like our only tradable salary that really makes sense. And not just tradable, but like the so the guy the people that you're talking about are all over like, you know, so Bobby Portis. 15 no, I know he's fifteen million. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know. So like you have to include extra salary plus something else. Plus, I know. I, know. I don't I'm know what, to figure out what that something else is, but I don't actually think we have anything in the six million dollar uh, range. That um... no, we don't. We'd we'd have to. Uh, it'd have to be two lesser players or something. I don't know. And that and that's pretty hard. Like because now yeah, that, the, the Knicks have to get rid of more players. You know, like yeah, it's just it's yeah, it would have well, to be. Dante they have and Ed Davis basically. They have a bunch of players that don't look like NBA players right now. Here's the thing: the Knicks just cut them. They're pay, they're paying, you know, the, the Knicks would have to pay. The, uh, this I don't know if this will work. Dante Exum, George Yang, uh, William Goss, and maybe even Stanton Kidd. So the the Knicks would have to pay those four players plus three other players they cut to trade Bobby Portis. You know, or they or they cut. One of those two, play- it's a couple of those players. They just it, don't. well, if you cut them, you stop the their salary. You know, I know, but they don't care about that. No, but they don't count against the cap the same way. I don't think it depends. But, but you saw the like, like you know, James Allen still has to pay that money out. Like it's oh, know. he's not he's not worried about paying players' salary. He's worried about paying for upgrades to you know to their facilities and stuff. He's he's a cheapskate, but he he doesn't cheap out on paying players typically. Um, and again, you know, like paying Portis who doesn't have a very long contract anyway to take on four other contracts. I know, I know, I know. I know, I know. Like, but spitballing ideas talking about about power four, like, and the power four for the jazz does have to be someone that can play the right kind of team defense. And we saw already that it was a hard transition for the jazz. Um, And it's going to be something that, that is okay with a bench role too, you know? Yeah. I don't know if Bobby is or not. So, so uh, yeah, but I, I get what you're saying, um, but I think probably the only tradable contract for the Jazz is Dante Exum, right now. That makes and, sense. Which makes uh, sense. Oh, Taj Gibson, man. What if we sent lesser players for Taj? He hasn't looked good there, but could he be reinvigorated by the Jazz? I don't know. Yeah, and he's a tough guy, and he's a tough guy, and yeah, um, I've liked him for a long time. I liked him when he played for OKC. I liked him when he played for the Bulls. And the other problem it, I see is like the Jazz rotations right now set, right? We I, got, I agree. I we agree. got Rudy, we got Ed, uh, Boyan, Joe, Royce, Donovan, Conley. That's your, like, your top seven. Oh, Jeff man. Eight. Uh, <laughs> is your nine. Uh, if XM or whoever is your, is your ten, like if we have the Jazz run, that's already ten players the Jazz are running. Hey, you uh, want to laugh? What's up? <laughs> you know, is still making like six and a half million dollars a year from the Knicks for the next three years. <laughs> jo- Joaquin Noah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh man, like it's just, um, it's just, it's just the Jazz right now, um, are are weirdly set. Um, like a, a lot of people are like, we'll go back, we'll go full circle to talk about the favors. How people yeah. were talking about how I'm like number one, like in this magical world where the Jazz want favors, Jazz fans want favors back. I'm like. Does that mean the Jazz don't sign Bogdanovich? Because right. Bogdanovich has really like has has really opened that not, not only the 
game for the Jazz, has opened the game for Mitchell, but has really become like that second go-to guy for the Jazz, which is, you know, it's been crazy since, I don't remember the last time the Jazz had that, you know? I agree. Me and neither. Because so, uh, like Joe like Ingles. Jerry Williams and Boozer, that was the last time we had it. And Memo, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. Money man. And so yeah, that's 15 years ago. And so yeah, yeah like it's like so you, you have to sign well, Bogdanovich too. That was like 10 years. I mean, maybe 12. I don't know. It was like 2007 was their their run. So yeah. Yeah, that's the run. Yeah. yeah. So um, that's the thing is that like I don't know, in this weird weird world where Jazz keep favors. I don't know what move they don't make to keep favors. You know, like Bogdanovich has proven to be the right choice for the Jazz. It seems like. Like the the only other thing they could have done was somehow finagle it so favors place for the Jazz for the vet minimum, which which would be you know what would be insane is if that ha- actually that's I had a gif uh you remember that uh uh that sketch that uh Dave Chappelle did with uh, Rick James where he has his hands out and it's like an orange background and he's like motioning for you to come <laughs> towards him. <laughs> Do you, you don't remember that? Oh. Uh, Oh man! Uh, Anyway, but I was like favors for the minimum coming back to the Jazz. He's like, and this is me. (laughs) Right? Yeah. So the the only way the only way that could happen this year is if um, uh, well, they can't. He can't be bought out. So the Jazz can't require him when he's bought out. So no, it'd be it'd have to be next year. Yeah, but it's not gonna happen. Oh yeah. I mean, it it is this like the when Jazz has go through these thought exercises, I try to go a step further. Like, okay, well. If Let's see how we that, can actually make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm a NBA 2K this for me. Like, how do you make this happen? What move do the Jazz not make? And how does that work? And you know, it never goes anywhere. But, yeah. How many first rounders do we have to throw into this move? <laughs> no, and the Jazz don't really have the assets anymore. So anyway, I know. I know. That's There's a whole. Sure. That's a whole another conversation for another time. Uh, I am going to get ready because I'll be there at the Bucks game. I'm. And uh, I, I know that Jabber Jazz. We're, we got tickets together, so. We're going to go check that out uh, Friday night. Uh, Bucks Jazz. Hopefully the Jazz can get two wins. If not, um, a one-on-one is still a pretty good split for this tough East Coast homestand. Uh, Jerry Barker, where, where can the fans find you? Uh, Echo the Distance, 49. Nice. Your 49ers are nice, man. Oh, dude, 8-0, 8-0. And then they're playing uh, the Seahawks. Uh... I think that's a Seahawks. I don't know what they're <laughs> I honestly don't know what sound they, the Seahawks make. It's it's mostly uh, Pete Carroll going cheat cheat cheat. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Niners Niners going to be not go, going for nine and zero this uh, this week here. So that's pretty impressive. Um, yeah. Uh, also, I, I said at the top of the show, you can find me at at Hutran H U U T R A N Superman. Uh, I mostly tweet from at Jazz High Notes right now, just mostly jazz stuff. Uh, yes, that's right. And I'm um, uh, yeah, so I'm a uh, Friday night. You've, you've edited that out a couple times at the end, where I'm just like, I know. <laughs> I, I mean, if like, no comment, like, no comment. No, I'm just kidding. No, you don't I, have to. I was, I was totally kidding. Every comment, right? um, I was totally and, joking. Uh, that was uh, become a thing that we're arguing on the podcast. Oh! At and to the max, um, uh, has said that she wants to be on the pod when she's in town. So and to the max coming to Salt Lake City. Oh my goodness! And As I said. Pod. As I told her earlier, the most important person coming to Utah. So, <laughs> Max Power and That's to the right. Max. <laughs> um, uh, if anybody wants to meet up with us Friday and do a little jazz tweet meetup, tweet us and we'll try to meet up with you. 
So yeah, again, I'm a Friday night, Milwaukee Bucks, Utah Jazz. Listen for new episodes, and we'll see you guys next time. Mm-hmm.